Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. Thank you, team. Isn't that wonderful? Come just, just like you are. He takes you just like you are, but he doesn't leave you just like you are. Amen. I'm glad of that, aren't you? Well, amen. I want you to join me this morning in praying for some of our church families that uh, are in need of our prayers. You never know when you may. We're always in need of prayer, correct? But every once in a while, there are some folks that go through things that we want to make sure they know we're thinking about them and praying for them. And of course, as Brother Tyler mentioned a moment ago, we're praying for the family of Dwight Hartman, who, uh, of course, Brother Dwight went to be with the Lord. And uh, that's a good thing, especially in the condition he was in. He was rather ill. And uh, so now, for the last few days, he's been in glory. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what it must be like being in glory? Shedding, of course, the body of pain and sickness that he course, dealt with for a while, and uh, now he's with Jesus. And so let's pray for the family. We'll give you some, uh, some information at the end of the service about the funeral uh, for this upcoming week, okay? And then I was, uh, I was told that S uh, Sandy Pine's sister went to be with the Lord on Thursday, and she uh, suffered uh, with some, some health issues as well. And she asked us to pray for um, her brother-in-law and their children who, of course, now going through that time of loss need our prayers. So if you would, please join us in praying for Sandy Pine's family. And then I want you to pray for a family. The last name is Huttonlock, and uh, a fellow named Bob uh, went to be with the Lord, uh, I think, just early this morning or last evening. Bob and I have friends. He lived over in Philadelphia, known for many, many years. And uh, not sure of any details there, but leaves behind, of course, the family. And so if you join me in praying for the Huttonlock family, that'd be a blessing. May we pray together? Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We're glad to be in this place. We enjoy coming to church. We like everything about it. We like singing the hymns of our faith, these wonderful worship songs. We enjoy opening up the scriptures and finding what we need just for when we need it. And I know this morning we all come with needs, and so I pray you help us and encourage us. But then we get a chance to pray one for another, and today we pray for the Hartman family. We pray for Sandy Pine's uh, sister's family. Now, of course, she's with you. She's saved. And so we're praying for her family, and we're praying for the Huttonlock family. They all suffered great loss this past week. Uh, but, Lord, in all three of the cases, uh, these folks are with you. And so, uh, great gain, and we thank you for that. And so we just pray you'll comfort hearts and be very close to them. We think of our church this week as we rally to uh, celebrate the life of Dwight, <clears throat> that it'll be a great celebration of life service, and the Hartman family will be encouraged. And so now as we open up the scriptures, speak to us, give us encouragement, give us what we need for we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Join me, if you would, in the book of 1 Thessalonians this morning. And uh, we're going to look at two verses of Scripture. We're going to look in chapter 4 and a verse there, and then we're going to look again in chapter 5 and a verse there. Um, whoever's working sound, just knock me down just a little bit, just, just a tad. Yeah, I appreciate the good work you guys are doing up there. First uh, Thessalonians, book of First Thessalonians, and uh, join me in chapter 4. Look at verse number 18. Now, verse 18 comes at the conclusion of that great passage that we love to read about the rapture of the church, you know, where we end up in the presence of our Lord, right? And that's going to happen one day. Ah, uh, you don't believe it, do you? It's going to happen one day. Amen. It is. One day we're, we're going to be in his presence, either by rapture or some other way, but we're going to be there. 
And I, for one, I'm excited about it, looking forward to it. But at the end of that passage, we read these words by the Apostle Paul to the church in Thessalonica. Here's what he said, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Now, you can exchange the word encourage uh, for the word comfort. We can read it this way, wherefore encourage, encourage one another with these words. Look in chapter 5 at uh, verse 11. Again, Paul writing to the, the uh, church in Thessalonica, he said, wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do. Again, we can exchange the word encourage for the word comfort there. We could read it, wherefore encourage yourselves. Say it with me, encourage yourselves uh, together and edify one another even as also ye do. And so in both passages of, of, uh, of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5, we read about the necessary, about the need to be encouraged. Encouraged. Isn't that right? Uh, let me ask you something, the church. Are you encouraged today? How many say, preacher, I'm encouraged? Not many. Wow. Look around. I'm going to say it again. Look around. I'm encouraged today. Raise your hand. Ah, oh, yeah, you did that time. You ever, you, did you ever, be, did you ever find yourself being encouraged to, and, and the list goes on, for example, somebody come along and encourage you, just, just pray about it. You ever been encouraged to pray about it? Did you ever, 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 did you ever anybody ever come along and they just say this, say some, uh, why, why, just trust God, right? And they're not being sarcastic or um, anything other than sincere, and they're just saying, I, I, let me encourage you, just, just, just pray about it. Let me encourage you, just trust God. Sometimes we're encouraged to seek God's will. You ever been, been encouraged to seek God's will? Uh, sometimes we're encouraged to uh, hang in there. <laughs> I love that, don't you? Hang in there uh, by my neck or my foot or just hang in there, man. You know, now we get it. We, we get it, right? And people are being sincere with that. You know, sometimes people just don't know what to say. And so they, they do their best. But their desire is to be an encouragement. Their desire is to encourage us. Sometimes uh, we're encouraged to be faithful. Do right. You ever been encouraged by somebody? Hey, just don't quit. Just just don't give in. Don't give up. Encouragement. And so, encouragement is, is, is a necessary virtue. However, I think we, we need to understand this. Pay attention to this. Encouragement is much more than being complimentary. I think we ought to be complimentary, don't you? I, I think it's important. I think it's nice when we compliment each other. You know, uh, I think the music team, team did a fine job this morning. They led us. They were sincere. I appreciate their efforts, their hard work. I think we ought to compliment them. Uh, that doesn't just happen. They, they work at it. They practice it. Today, they were down a few people, and our, our, our main leader was sick. Brother Aaron wasn't feeling good. Brother Dave jumped in, did a great job. Don't you agree? Yes. It's nice to be complimentary. However, encouragement encouragement goes deeper than just being complimentary. Uh, for, for, for instance, encouragement is an attempt to lift someone's heart toward the Lord. So you're not, you're not just praising them. You're not just patting them on the back. It's just not the accolades. You're not just trying to be kind. You're trying to encourage them. And listen here, you're trying, you're, you're, you're trying to lift their heart toward the Lord. Uh, in fact, Paul said this uh, to, uh, to, to Caiaphas over in uh, Colossians 4, verse 8. Listen to this. He said, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate, know how you're doing, and comfort your hearts. Again, we can exchange the word encourage for comfort. And so he said, I sent him so that he might find out how you're doing and then be an encouragement to you. Then he might lift your heart toward the Lord. And that's what encouragement is. And if we're honest this morning, we all need at some point in time in our life to be encouraged. 
We need someone to come along and lift our heart toward the Lord. Isn't that right? Uh, encouragement points a person to God, to God's Word. And you know, in God's Word, you find all kinds of wonderful things. And sometimes it's just the promises of God that encourage us and lift our spirit. You know, when you, when you read through the New Testament, you find that encouragement was a regular activity amongst the New Testament church, that early church. In fact, you often find them encouraging one another with words saturated with Scripture. Although they didn't have a completed Bible, you know, they had the Word of God. And oftentimes, when that early church met, they would encourage each other, you know, uh, with, with, with the Word of God, basically. And here's, here's the truth. When, when encouragement is absent, when encouragement is absent from life or the life of the church, uh, the result of that is, is people start to feel unloved. People start to feel unimportant. And people start to feel unnecessary. Sometimes we might feel, you know, forgotten. Are you with me? And that ought never be, that ought never be the attitude or the environment of a New Testament church. You know, I mean to tell you, that ought to be the place we flock to, we run to, when we're feeling the need to be encouraged. Huh? We ought never leave a church service. We ought never leave this environment feeling discouraged. You know? And I know sometimes we do. Right? But we ought not. We ought, we ought to gather ourselves together for encouragement. Isn't that what it said there in, in Hebrews chapter 10? Let us draw, you know, near, let us draw near and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, Hebrews 10, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, what he's saying is you ought to get together even more because you need that encouragement. I mean, if we're honest, man, we're living in some difficult times, dark times, right? Confusing times. Uh, I mean, to tell you, we, we have no idea what the next moment is going to bring, you know, or, or of course the next day, who knows? And so when we gather together, we gather together to be encouraged. And when you read through the Bible, there are some examples uh, of, of encouragement. For example, uh, there's a fellow named David. David was an individual who encouraged himself in the Lord. Isn't that neat? He encouraged himself in the Lord. And then, don't go any further. And then you read about a fellow named Barnabas. And Barnabas was an individual who encouraged others in the Lord. And so, what I want to do for us this morning, uh, church, is I want to look at both of those examples. I want to look at the example of David who encouraged himself in the Lord. And then I want to look at the example of Barnabas who encouraged others in the Lord. And I want to help us this morning to be encouraged. Amen? I want you to feel encouraged before you leave here today. Uh, let's look first uh, at David who encouraged himself in the Lord. When you read a text of Scripture, every once in a while you need to go and really look at the context. So in 1 Samuel chapter number 30, you read in verse 6, uh, at the end of the verse, how David encouraged himself in the Lord. Did you ever encourage yourself in the Lord? Huh? Uh, in fact, what it really means is this, in that passage, now pay, pay, pay close attention to this, David came to a place in his life where he needed to strengthen himself in the Lord. It was more, look here, it was more than David saying, ah, I got this. Did you ever say that to yourself? I got this. Huh? Right? Dave, uh, when you got up here this morning, you come to find out that Aaron wasn't going to be here uh, the other day. You came up this morning, you said, you said to yourself, I heard you say, yeah, you got this, Dave. You got this, Dave. Huh? I can do this. I know I can do it. Uh, did, you, did you ever talk to yourself like that? Did you ever give yourself a pep talk? Huh? I, I have many times. Man, you got this. You, you've done this before. You're going to be okay. 
right? Uh, man, just cheer up, dude. It's going to be all right, you know? And, but that, look here, uh, uh, when, when you encourage yourself in the Lord, when you strengthen yourself in the Lord, it's more than that. When you look at the details of 1 Samuel chapter number 30 and verses 1 through 6, you find out that David was in a real difficult situation. Uh, without going too far into the, into the text, you read it for yourself, here's what happens. Uh, the city of Ziklag had been overcome by the enemy, and they burned it down. And in the process, they took captive all of, of, all, all of the women and all of the children. You know, so David's out of town. While he's out of town, uh, the enemy comes, Philistines come. They, they burn down the city and take David's wife and all, all the wives and all the kids. So not only, now pay attention right here, not only is there defeat, but there's distress. And if you read it carefully, I think the leader, a leader's worst enemy or, or, or leader's worst nightmare occurs, and that is mm, uh, the people that he was leading begin to doubt him and turn on him. So now get this, if you would. Here's King David, uh, a man that we admire, right? A, a sincere fella going through some real difficult times. Uh, defeat, distress, and now the people, he's, uh, his army is turning against him. So you know what he does? Guess where he turns? He turns to the Lord, and the Bible says in verse number 6 that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Or he began to strengthen himself in the Lord. Have you ever found a time in your life yet where you, there was nowhere else to go? You had to find strength for yourself in the Lord? You know what the psalmist did? You know what David did? That David began to write some psalms. Yeah, when he was at his lowest point, he began to pen, he began to compose some of them psalms. It's wonderful. Uh, for example, uh, look at a couple of these Psalms. Um, Psalm 56 in verse number three. Go ahead, guys, flip that if you would. David wrote this, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Hello? Now, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to correlate these Psalms with that event. However, what I'm trying to say is David encouraged himself and, and the way in which he did that was to take out a pen, take out a piece of paper and begin to write down mm, what he knew about God. He spent some time alone with God. What time, I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Look at Psalm 59, verse 17. Go ahead and flip that, guys, if you would. He said this, unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. Did you ever get your, look here, did you ever get into a situation where you're really feeling low and music lifted your soul? You'd be surprised. There's a ministry in music, the right kind of music. Huh? Sometimes you sing the blues. Did you ever sing the blues? I got the blue, 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 baby, you know. No, we're not trying to sing the blues. We need to sing music that's going to. And so David said this, unto thee, O my strength, will I sing, for God is my, say it, class, he's my defense, God my mercy. Not only that, he wrote this in Psalm 63, verse number 9. He said, but those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. He's encouraging himself. Are you listening real good? He was reminding himself of how good God is, and God is not going to leave him alone. And there are times, look here in the Christian life, where you and I have got to get to a place where we strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And what does that mean? Uh, what does that look like for you and I? It means this. It means when, when we get into those times of maybe defeat or distress or despair, or depression, or whatever it is we're going through, those unpleasant circumstances. You know what I'm talking about? Huh? We don't invite them, we don't welcome them, we don't look for them, we don't get excited about them. But the fact of the matter is, they do come our way. When that incurs, I think if we look to the psalmist and follow his lead, we look to the Lord and we put our faith, our trust, our dependence on Him. We're trusting God. God, you've not left me alone in this. You've promised never to forsake me, right? You promised always to be with me. Even though, even though I might feel alone, I know I'm not alone. 
And you know what that'll cause? That'll cause us to praise him. Huh? How do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? Well, you do it by trusting God. You trust what you know. One of the greatest statements, I think, one of the greatest, not the greatest, one of the greatest statements I, I've, 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 I've heard and learned and have adopted and applied into my life is this. I never forgot it. Probably heard it, T.J., back in the early 80s. And it was this. I heard a preacher preach about it. He said, when you cannot enjoy the presence of the Lord, enjoy the fact that you know he's present. That stuck to me like oatmeal on a cold winter's day. Huh? Did you get that? Look here, trust me, you're, you're going to go through it one time or another in life. And when you go through it in those dark days, sometimes you just can't. You just, do you ever find yourself, and you don't verbalize it because you don't want people to doubt your faith, but in your heart you say, God, where are you? Where are you in this? I can't see you or sense you. Are you here? Have you forgotten me? And so when you can't enjoy the, the, the presence of the Lord, enjoy the fact that you know he's present. That's what David did. You trust him. You praise them. Huh? Uh, you know what I encourage all of my church members to do? Get yourself a hymn book or a song book or a praise book. Get yourself some kind of a song book where there's some, some songs inside that book with words and melodies that will lift your heart. Amen. Huh? You know, I, I think I mentioned this on a Wednesday night in our psalm uh, study. There are many times when I'm praying in the morning, and, 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 and I, I often do this. I don't do it all the time, but I often do this time. I'll, I'll, I'll kneel down, and, and, and usually I'll, I'll begin by saying uh, something like this, Good morning, Father. How are you this morning? It's me. And, and I'll say this. I, I remember reading in the psalm where the psalmist entered into your presence with singing. And so, Lord, may I do the same. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all thy... And I begin to sing to him. Now, I know I can't sing, but he likes it. He likes it. And you know what that does for me? Man, it, it buoys my spirit. It lifts my... It encourages my heart. So what did the psalmist do? He, he, he trusted God, he praised God, and then he obeyed God. If you look at those three Bible verses I selected out of the Psalms talks about trusting him, praising him, and obeying him. Friend, listen, that's how we encourage ourselves in the Lord. Huh? Because every once in a while, there's nobody there to pat you on the back. There's no one there. David was in a situation, man, where everybody was turning against him. And so what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. We need to come to a place where we do the same. But there's another example that I want us to notice this morning, and that would be the example of this fellow named Barnabas, because Barnabas encouraged others in the Lord. He was an encouragement to others. Go ahead and flip that slide if you would, guys. He encouraged uh, other people in the Lord. We need to learn how to encourage each other. Let me say that again, and I hope more than three people say amen. We need to learn how to encourage each other. Isn't it true now, this is a great church, and everybody in this room is the best, bestest. But isn't it true you get around sometimes God's people and they discourage you? Uh, come on, you can be honest. Nobody in this room. It's kind of like Job with his friends, right? With friends like that, who needs enemies? Huh? And, and sometimes you, look, you, you, know, you share a situation with somebody and, and you're expecting a little bit of encouragement. What you get is, well, what do you expect? You want to play with fire? You're going to get burned, dude. You know what you find out? I'm not going to go to, the, <laughs> I'm not going to, go to them when I need encouragement anymore. Huh? Encouragement. You read in the book of Acts about this fellow named Barnabas, and he was a real encourager. In fact, you know what his nickname was? His nickname was Encourager. 
They surnamed him in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. The disciples surnamed him. That means nicknamed him. You know what they nicknamed him? Son of Consolation. You know why? He was just a great encourager. You know, he, 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 was, gift, he was a gifted encourager. I like people like that, don't you? I like to be around people who lift you up, who encourage you, who push you along, who are understanding, and sometimes even say things that you need to hear, but they say it in such a way that it's not condescending. Hello? That's Barnabas. He was a great encourager. And you know, I mean this with all my heart. I was talking to a brother this week, had lunch with one of our deacons this week, and, and talked about this very thing. And, and I've said this before about myself, and, and I really mean this with all my heart. If I could be known for anything after I'm no longer around, I hope it's being known for being someone who was an encourager. You know, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to die before I'm raptured. If I do die before I'm raptured and if my wife buries me or cremates me or puts me out into the deepest part of the sea, which I wouldn't mind because I, I like water. I like fish. And so if she just threw me overboard, take me out on my boat, throw me overboard, I'm good with that. But if there's any kind of anything, maybe a little plaque in the men's room, I doubt very much that they'll put something in any foyer, but in the men's room, you know, reminding church members about a previous pastor, I hope it said, it'll never say he was a great preacher, he was a great soul winner, he was a great this. I just hope it says he was an encourager. I dread being a wet blanket. I don't like being around negative people. I don't like being around people, oh, how are you doing today, oh, you know what you learned? You don't ask that person how you doing today, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to be that person. I want to be the kind of person that after we leave each other's presence, you feel better. I lifted you up. I didn't tear you down. How about you? Huh? I want to be an encourager. Why? Because people need encouragement. Right? So, uh, ask me this question. So, preacher, how, how can I be an encourager? You really want to know? <laughs> All right. So, for the remainder of our time today, for the next hour, <laughs> the next few minutes, I want to share with you some very practical ways in which we can be in encouraged. Uh, Doug, go ahead and drop that screen because I want everybody to get this. I, I, wanna, I want you to go ahead and drop, drop the main screen if you would. I'm going to give you some practical tips. It may not be a bad idea to get out a piece of paper. If you don't have a piece of paper, write it on somebody's back of somebody's dress or something. I don't know what, do something, but you, you want to get some of these tips because sometimes they don't come natural. Doug, you, uh, Chuck, you got to Flip it, okay. I want everybody to see it because sometimes you can't see these small screens, right? You know, so I want you to see this. So how, how can we become an encourager? First and foremost, listen carefully, we need to remove ourselves from the discussion. We need to remove ourselves from the equation. Are you with me? Huh? This is not a psychotherapy class. It's just some practical tips. Uh, when, when looking to help people, we must remember, it's not about you, it's about them. Come on now. Huh? If, I, if I'm going to try to be an encourager, if, 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 if my brother Dave here, we enter into a discussion and, and, and I'm trying to encourage him, it's not about me, it's about him. Now, uh, we, we may use a personal example to help him, but let's make sure we don't crowd the conversation with self. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Because all of a sudden, you know, uh, I, I, say, I say to my brother here, so Dave, you know, how's it going? And Dave says, you know, preacher, it's funny you should ask me. It's, it's been a really tough week. And at work, I mean, they started to do this, that. And I listened for a little bit. But in, in, inside of me, something says, you've listened long enough. Now you need to speak. Don't look at me like that. 
And now I say, Dave, I know exactly. And what I'm going to now do is this. I'm going to get off my chest what's bothering me. And not so much about Dave, but about the people that have been driving me crazy. Been there, done that. And now Dave's sitting there, and instead of me listening to his situation and me trying to encourage him, now Dave's listening to my situation. And you know what he's thinking? How did this turn? I thought you were trying to encourage me. And now I've become, I've crowded, are you paying attention? I've crowded the conversation. And we've been in that, we've been in that situation, haven't we? Huh. So if you're trying to be an encouragement, you've got to remember first and foremost, get yourself out of the equation. It's not about you right now. It's about that other person. And you might say, Dave might say, man, I was at work, and you won't believe this preacher, but they, they got this letter-writing campaign go, going on. And, and I might say, Dave, I know exactly what you're talking about. That happened to me too. But tell me, tell me more about what they're saying. See, I turned that. I identify with you now. I, that same thing happened to me, but this is about you right now. Tell me more about what they're saying about you. Come on, take that in. Huh? Why? Because I'm trying to be an encouragement. A second thing I think is this. We need to learn how to be good listeners. Huh? Now, let's, let's just be honest. There are times I'm just trying to be polite, and Donald's not here sitting right there today, so I'm picking on Dave who's sitting right there today. I'm trying to be polite. And so I say, hey, man, how you doing today? Honestly, I don't have the time for him to tell me how he's doing today. Come on now, you're looking at me strange again. Because as soon as Dave says, man, you're not going to believe what happened. You know, I, I, inside I'm saying, oh, man, here we go. Here we go. Huh? So maybe, maybe what we want to do is rephrase our hellos. It's okay to say, hi, Dave. <laughs> and not say, how are you today? Because he might really think you want to know. And you really don't want to know. It's not that you don't care, but you just don't have time for discussion, right? But when you're trying to be an encourager, you must learn how to be a good listener. Huh? And I know there are times when you listen and you wait for that pause. Did you ever talk to somebody and there is no pause? And you got to create a pause? <laughs> yeah, so anyway, if, I, if you're ever talking to me and I start coughing, it might just be allergies. I'm not looking for a pause. <laughs> giving away all my, I'm giving away all my secrets here, aren't I? <laughs> so, but, you know, you need to be a good listener because here's, here's what I found out in encouraging people. In fact, in counseling people. If you listen long enough, People will not only tell you what their problem is, but they'll give you the answer to their problem. And all you really do is you just say back to them what they just said to you. Because ultimately, that other person needs to know they're being heard. Amen. Huh? And sometimes you got to fight it, right? you got to find it because, you know, I'm talking to Dave, but over here TJ and Cherie are talking about something, and, and all of a sudden I heard my name dropped, and now i got one eye on Dave and one eye on them, one ear here, one ear there. i got one foot, I'm going like this. Yeah, Dave, right, exactly, yeah, right. <laughs> right? And listen, you know this as well as I do. I know when people are listening to me when they're not. Do you ever talk to somebody, and as you're talking to them, they're forming conversation in their mind as to what they're going to say back to you? They're not listening because you didn't even finish, you didn't even finish what you're saying, and man, they're gone, right? So I'm just talking about trying to be an encourager. I think, I think you need to learn to be a good listener. And then I think this, I think we need to realize that all help is in the Lord. All help is in the Lord. Now, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't discredit personal experience because sometimes your personal experience is what you got from the Lord, and it can be an encouragement. But we must remember that bottom line, at the end of the day, in this discussion, we've got to give him Jesus. We've got to give him Jesus. He's the only one that can help, right? Uh, cute little stories, cute little phrases, cute little, they're all good, 
They might crack a smile, but when that person leaves, they're going to be as empty as when they came unless you give them Jesus, unless you, unless you share with them and guide them through the Scriptures. You know, the Bible is filled with promises to claim, right? The Bible's filled with principles that, that we, can, you know, we can just implement into our lives. The, the Bible's filled with precepts that we can obey. That will make a difference and change the course of our situation. Huh? And so if we're going to be an encouragement, try to be an encourager at the end of the day, we, we must realize that their help is in the Lord. Right? And so we got to get them to Jesus. And you know what sometimes? Dave might, might be, hey, Dave, what's going on? You feel your, your countenance is down. Man, it's just been a rough week. What's going on, man? How can, I, how can I be a blessing to you? Well, Pastor, I'll tell you this. And he begins to mention something that I absolutely have absolutely no, no know-how of, preacher. I have no idea what he's going through. You know what I'm saying? And so I said, you know what, Dave, I really think you, you need some help in this. You see Ron here. Ron, I know for a fact Ron has been down that road before. You know, you ought to try to go talk to Ron. Now, I'm not trying to get rid of him. I'm trying to give him help. Did anybody ever come to you and say, preacher, I need help, or Lillian, I need some help, but what they need you don't have? But you know somebody who's got what they need? And so you just say, if you really want me to help you, I think you ought to go see Ron. You know, Ron's been down that road. He knows all about that. He, he's got victory through that, man. He can share with you what God did for him. Amen. Man, we're living in difficult times, and people need encouragement. And sometimes they need it from me and you, and we need to be able to give them some help. Right? And so uh, the question then is, preacher, how do I get started in this? Again, let me give you some practical help. Uh, how do I get started being an encourager? Uh, go ahead and flip the page. Uh, I think we ought to start by praying and asking the Lord to help us to be a person concerned about others. Amen. You know what will happen if you get concerned about others? You'll stop being so concerned about yourself. Right. And let's just be honest now, class. We're not all really concerned about everybody else. But we should be. Huh? I remember there were many times when I, when I first started pastoring, uh, and I won't go where, I just, just say, leave it at that, because now I got different churches I've been pastoring. I don't want any of them to think I'm talking about them, but I'm not talking about you. I remember on a Wednesday night, I would stand up and, and I'd, have, I'd have some prayer requests and some really important, like this morning, we prayed for, you know, these families and and I said, now, folks, listen, I, I need you to pray this week for, and I'm going to give you a couple of requests. And they would just look at me. And I thought to myself, these people have the best memory of anybody I've ever met. But they didn't. They didn't. And so you know what that told me, James? If they're not writing these things down, they're going to soon forget and not pray for these people I'm asking them to pray about. And these people that I'm asking them to pray about really need some prayer. Huh? And so, in today's world, we got, we got phones, right, where you can do everything on that phone. Tablets. I mean, some of you, you're reading your Bible on your tablet right now, and you have a little note section. So, Pastor Inizzi says, hey, by the way, I think you ought, to, you ought to pray that God helps you become a person concerned about others. Man, I better write that down. God, this would be one of my prayers beginning tomorrow morning is help me to be a person concerned, more concerned about others. That's a good place to start, don't you think? Pray about it. God, give me a heart that is concerned about others. Right? Here's another tip. Look for people to encourage because they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Everywhere you go, somebody needs to be encouraged. Huh? My church in Florida knows this about me. I have large stock in Wawa. <laughs> I buy coffee there every morning, sometimes lunch there every afternoon, Raj. I'm invested, heavily invested. In fact, if you go and look at my bank statement and my debit cards, Wawa, 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 Wawa. You know? Wah, 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 wah. Yesterday I went to Wawa. Yesterday morning. 
And I just told Tyler this on Tuesday. We were chatting about something. I forget what we were chatting about. He was telling me about his Wawa experience. I was talking about my Wawa experience. And down here at this Wawa, right down the end of the street here, uh, I started going there when I came up to council back in February. I mean, I found there was a Wawa there, and I thought, this is of God. <laughs> this has got to be of the Lord. And so, I, and I'm not joking now, and so I go buy my coffee, come over, and there was, this, there was this little lady there, maybe, I don't know, maybe 70 years old, you know, a real, real nice lady, you know, and, and, and then she was there every other time I went in there, most of the first thing in the morning, every time I went in there, she's there. And I always go to her line, and she's the closest to the coffee counter, and, and you know, we make the transaction, how were you this morning? That was it, you know. Uh, but yesterday, or last week, or last 10 days, she hasn't been there. And I thought, well, that's strange. Where's she at? I've noticed her. Look here, in order to notice people, you've got to open your eyes. Just think about what, if Moses would not have turned to see that burning bush, he'd have messed up, he'd have missed out on an unbelievable experience. And you know, the Bible says, he just turned aside to take a peek at, why in the world is this bush burning? There's burning bushes everywhere. But we're so busy in life, we don't stop to take time to say, why is that bush burning? Hey, where's this lady at? Hadn't seen her for 10 days. In fact, it made such an impression on me. I, I mentioned it to Tyler this past week. I was talking to him. I said, yeah, my Wawa, I got this little lady there, and I see her every morning. I haven't been there in a while. I don't know if she quit or retired or what happened. Well, yesterday she was there. She was there. And I couldn't wait to get in line. And I got in line. I said, man, I missed you. And she looked at me like, really? How did you even know? I said, you bet. Did you go on vacation? No, no. I said, everything okay? She said, well, she said, I had the variant. I was pretty sick for a while. So it just struck up a conversation, you know? So guess where I went this morning? I went to Dunkin' Donuts this morning. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Went to Wawa. Guess who was there? And this morning, her smile was a little brighter. Uh Why? Because I knew she wasn't there for the last 10 days. Say, preacher, that's so trivial. You think? Because when I finally get a chance to witness to her, that is going to be the thing that opened up the door. Look here. Look look for people to encourage. They're everywhere. Let me give you a third thought. Number three, a kind word or or a sincere embrace really does help. You don't need to be a theologian, an ordained minister. Huh? You don't need to work for the care team. You don't need a medical degree or a psychology degree. Every once in a while, just a kind word. Hey, Dave, I, I, I tell you what, I like the color of that shirt, man. That really goes good with your complexion. <laughs> Somebody whistled. <laughs> Dave, you're a good-looking guy. Oh, no, we won't go there. But <laughs> well, sometimes just a kind word. Huh? Right? I saw my sister, where'd Carol go? I saw Carol uh, uh, two weeks ago came to the office with some baked products. Man. And you know what, you know what Tyler said to her as, he, as she was giving him his plate of whatever she was giving him? Boy, your hair looks nice. And I thought, you, you weasel, you. You just want more cookies. That's, didn't he say that, Carol? Did you get a haircut? Did you do your hair differently? I think Carol said, I think Barry's doing it for her now. Barry's doing her hair again. <laughs> but you'd be surprised how a kind word, just a little pat on the, on the shoulder, a little pat on the back, where it's proper, where it's proper, an embrace, where it's proper. Now, I'll hug Honey, Miss Honey and Miss Evelyn and some of the senior ladies, but you don't see me walking around hugging Cherie. I don't want TJ to come and clock me in the back of the head. It's this dude doing hugging my wife. So where it's proper, you'd be surprised how an embrace goes a long way. Amen? Let me give you another one. And this is big. Learn to encourage your church leaders and church workers. They need it. Honestly, they need it. And I'm not talking about your pastor. I know, I know you do that. But I'm talking about the workers, you know, the music team and the ushers and the sound team and 
and the nursery workers. And, and it wouldn't be a bad idea. Look here, you got kids in the nursery, not a bad idea every once in a while. Buy them a tasty cake, not the kid, the, the worker. You want to keep them people happy. A little note. Well, thank you so much. You know, thanks for being ushers here at, at Open Bible. You really make a difference. I'm looking at these guys standing out there right now. I got no worry about anybody breaking in here and hurting any of us. Huh? They're standing back there and they just come on. I'm looking right at them. Look at Lou and men are just standing there. Tackle anybody who comes through them doors. Thank God for people. You know, yesterday we had a whole host of men around here working. Oh, what a blessing. You know, and their, their, their pictures and names are not up on these screens today. I'm going to tell you something. You know what that's called? That's called lily work. That's work that only God sees. And every once in a while, you and I need to do things that only God sees. We're not doing it for any other reason. We want to be a blessing. And I think one way to be a blessing is encourage your church workers, you know, people that are working around the property. And finally, I think this. I think we need to learn to be a part of a culture that encourages others. There's cultures in, 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 in families, in churches, in environments. And sometimes we have the, 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 the culture of complainers. Huh? Now let's be honest. Now be honest. I want you to be dead, just honest. How many of you know a complainer? Would you raise your hand? Come on, man. If you don't know a complainer, come and talk to me at the service. I'll share a few with you. Now I want you to be really, 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 really honest. And don't raise your hand, but think about this. Are you a complainer? Did you ever listen to yourself? Huh? That coffee's too hot. All right, we'll change the temperature. That coffee's too cold. I don't like that cream. It doesn't dissolve fast enough. That sugar's too sweet. You missed that one. That sugar's too sweet. How do you get sugar that's not that sweet? It's like the person who, sold, who sued McDonald's for hot coffee. Huh? You know what that is? That's a culture. That's a culture. If they don't, look here, if they don't have criticism, they got nothing. It's like being angry. Some people, that's all they got. So you know what I tell people that are really angry? You better hold on to that, because if you lose it, you got nothing. <laughs> but then there's that culture of encouragers. There's a lot of folks around here that are in that culture. I walk by here, people say, man, Pat. George Matthews said to me today, just a little bit ago, just came back from the SWORD conference. I said, hey, man, how did things go? Oh, man, it was great preaching. He said, but I can't wait to hear you. I missed your preaching. Can't wait to hear you. I know you're going to preach a great message today. Preacher, I know God's got your hand upon. I want to get around George, because I got close to Dave, and Dave said, oh, you're preaching again today? I thought we were having a guest. <laughs> so who do you think I want to be around more? George, right? Huh? Are you with me? Be a part of that culture. You know, we all need encouragement. I think this, I think we need to learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord and then put ourselves in the path of encouragers. Right? But then, then we need to be an encouragement. You know, it's circular. Look at this Bible verse and I'll finish. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Would you flash it up there, guys? Look at this. Paul said, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort or encouragement, who comfort us or encourages us in all our tribulation, our trials, our difficulties, that we may be able to do what? Comfort or encourage them which are in any trouble by the same encouragement, same comfort, wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. It's circular. You get it? So, you know, God reaches down and touches you in the midst of your trouble, and then he encourages you to go and reach down and touch somebody else in the midst of their trouble and use the same encouragement you got to encourage them. That's what that Bible verse means. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that great hymn that we like to sing, uh, Make Me a Blessing. Huh? Listen to the words. Out in the highways and byways of life, many are weary 
and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness is rife, making the sorrowing glad. Verse says, give as t'was given to you in your need. Love as the master love you. Be to the helpless a helper in need. Unto your mission be true. Of course, make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing to someone today. We all need to be encouraged, don't we? Huh? And there are other people who need to be encouraged as well. Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord, and then learn to be an encouragement to others. You feel encouraged? I hope so. Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed. Father, on purpose today, we've gathered. We've gathered on purpose. And we came because it's, it's the Lord's day. We, we came to worship you. And I believe we've done that in, in spirit and truth. We, we sang some wonderful, wonderful songs. And we opened up the scripture and looked at some, just some timely passages of scripture. And I would hope that not only were you worshiped, but we were encouraged. And I pray you'll help us to go out into the highways and byways where darkness is rife and, and just be sunshine, be a ray of bright hope to someone. Help us to learn as the psalmist did, David, to encourage ourselves in you by trusting you and praising you and obeying you. And then may we look to be not a wet blanket, but a great help, a lifter-upper of someone who's down. And I pray that we'll see that as a culture here at Open Bible. May it be a culture that we cultivate. May we want to be a part of the encouragement team and not the demolition team. And if there be anyone in this room this morning who has yet to trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, I would pray today would be that day where they get that thing settled once and for all. And if they're really not even sure how to go about getting saved, there's people here who can help them. And I would pray that in their hearts there would be just some, some stirring today to come and talk to someone, a staff member, another church member, whatever it may be. And then, and then maybe, Lord, just call this week, call the office, or come by and see us, or plan a visit. And wait till long after the service is gone and come and see me. And we pray that that would be the case today. People needing to be baptized or added to the church, may today be a day where these decisions are made, for we pray in Jesus' name. And amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.